practices that people aspire to create. History will prove one of us correct. Wait, 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 wait. You're not letting me finish, bro. This is how you become bulletproof. 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 All right, fellas, we're reunited. There's only three of us here today, and it feels like it's been... Feels like it's been a while. Has it been a while? It's been a long time. Yeah. I was telling Craig, I was like, our podcast maybe should be published a little bit more timely because I remember hearing a podcast in January. It was like, it's December 5th today. And he's like, don't say the dates anymore. I'm like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Generic. Go generic. Just go generic. Say, here it is, the first of the year. Anyway, so today <clears throat> I'm excited, bud, because we've been, uh, we've actually been curating some content amongst the three of us in the past uh, 15 minutes. It's been good. Tonight we're gonna, we're tonight we're going to talk about dentist salaries. We're going to talk about bonus depreciation, and we're going to talk about something that I saw interesting on Twitter about um, about the trend towards startups. And so, um, and then we'll obviously ad ad lib some things in there. But uh, but stay tuned. This is going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Craig, you we have a text thread, and yep. amongst the four of us, and you you were sharing some data that I thought would be a great way to start off the pod. Um, in terms of just, and we'll have a conversation, right? Pent up demand, where dentist salaries are trending, fees. Yeah, I, I got it time. actually from um, Dental Nachos. I was uh, on Facebook for, you know, one of the seventy-four hours a week that I'm on social media, and I saw this um, graph, and it was like a, you know, hockey stick pointing downward of like dentist salaries falling off a cliff, and mm -hmm. then it was also referenced. Share to the screen. You. Share your screen so we can see what because because. I, I am aggressive. Well, I don't have that. I, I have the data on the dental expenditures, Peter. Oh, well, I saw you shared with some kind of graph about where it did because you saw yeah, it Yeah, I, I, I put that in our text uh, uh, chat. It was on U.S. News and World Report, but it shows like this prognostication of our salary and it shows it dropping significantly. And we also lost rank. I don't know if this really matters, but we were we're falling in our overall rank of best jobs and our outlook out of 10 is now a 2.1 for the future outlook. Interestingly, is the hygiene wage gap, the hygiene to dentist wage gap is narrowing. So hygienists are getting more money and dentists are getting less. And I, I don't know what hygiene school costs, but I guarantee you it's a fraction of what dental school costs. I know that much. Um, so it's it's an interesting set of circumstances that might yeah, be a mic. What does hygiene school cost? That's uh, a good question. No, I have no idea, honestly. Well, I can tell you that I know dentists that are five hundred thousand dollars in the hole, and I guarantee you that there's. I yeah. mean, hygiene 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 education is a fraction of that for sure. You a fraction met a of that. Half a million dollar in the hole hygienist yet? No, I have not met that person yet. <laughs> but I mean, outside, listen, of, outside of Vegas. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But no, I, that's I just, interesting it, though. But how much, and just for the sake of um, conjecture here, the dropping dentist salary is one thing. The hygiene salary moving up seems to still be supply and demand as a as a hangover from COVID. But that can't last forever. In oh, I don't case, know about that. I think there's less hygienists entering the market. I think that's what's happening. That I wouldn't know that number, but it, it seems yeah. like that just can't that can't be sustainable long term. As hygiene, as the as people's short term memory kicks in, COVID becomes a thing of the past, and they forget. And then you do have more hygienists entering the market, and then it becomes a more uh, we'll call it standard salary compared to what we had pre COVID. Yeah, I think there. I think speaking to the to the pent up demand, um, I can show that if you don't mind, Peter, I will share. Go ahead. Um, that one thing that was from the ADA here. Um, <clears throat> And uh, you can see that in consistent dollars. Is that zoomed in enough for y'all? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Mm -hmm. So you can see in 2020, obviously the big dip from COVID, $156 mm -hmm. um, billion. So dollars. what we're looking at right now is the national dental expenditures and how they decreased by 6.3% from in 2021 2022. Right. So okay. here we are. Let's just, for those that are not watching, uh, we'll go back to 2018. We're at 158 billion. 
Then 2019, 163 billion, so a big increase there. By the way, these dental expenditures follow typically the S&P, so rising market, uh, and uh, you know, kind of points to a rising spend from the consumers in dentistry. And we, if you're not looking at the screen, we have a steady and consistent up to the right, up and to the right from 2000 all the way through 2019. Mm -hmm. So we're consistently moving north every year, going mm -hmm. from a low of two, 101 billion in 2000 to 163 in 2019. As you ex would expect, 2020, COVID, we went down from 163 to 156. But then 2021, we jumped up big time, which I think speaks to your pent-up demand conversation, mm -hmm. of 176. And then we dropped 6.3% to 165. <clears throat> so overall, the trend looks good. But obviously, US News & World Report says the, the, the future for dentists in general is less attractive, and our median salary is now 155K. So like I always say, and I, we've gone through this before in this podcast, at 155K, because you have to assume you're going to be median or average, mm -hmm. is it worth it to take out four or 500 grand in debt? And this is exactly the conversation I had with the ADA president last podcast. You know, I just- It, it was scintillating, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, yes. I just, I wanted to ask even harder questions, but I felt like I was just like beating this person up, you know, um, Dr. Edgar, she's, she's a nice woman and it's hard to, she's like a nice older lady and I just don't want to be like so super rude, but like I go on the ADA Almost website. You don't want to beat her up? Yeah. I don't want to beat up the grandma, but it's like, I'm go on the website. It's like, how do we save 15% of our car insurance? How do you do all this crap? It is so offensive that the ADA does not have a, a position to, you know, that's overt and, and well described so that people like me can understand it. Um, and then I even went on to rejoin the ADA and I couldn't even rejoin. The link was all broken. I did something wrong. And then I emailed and then I they responded back to me. I think it was a valiant effort. I honestly, I, I was kind of on, like. On whose part? A valiant effort on whose part? Like Craig's. I think it was. Craig's, um, okay. I think it was good that he wanted to at least have dialogue because they had been kind of reaching out, especially because you went to some, you did some podcast thing and Craig and they were like, hey, let's put you on the pod. And I was like, I'm out on this one. Um, right. Isn't that the, how that whole setup yeah, happened? Yeah. Yeah. I said, I want to, I want to interview someone from the idiot. I had no idea at the time I was going to actually be interviewing the president. And I see this, you know, lady and I'm like, so what's your position with the ADA? She's like, uh, I'm the president. I'm like, oh shit. I had no idea. So I was, um, should have prepared. But, yeah. I should, well, no, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, I don't, what do I, what are you I, talking I, about? He doesn't prepare for podcasts. That's a good point. Well, well, by the way, speaking of preparing for podcasts, and let's get back to this. So 6.3% decrease in national spending, but at the same time, uh, the share of dental spending from government programs during from 2019 to 2022 increased from 13 to 17. It's because so of Medicare. That's because right, of Medicare. Right. But that actually added some you know tailwinds to this. Um, I see. The spend. spend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look. As you overlaid, and I know you can't show that graph of what dental salaries was going, it's the same per, it's parabola, essentially, right? As expenditures has gone down, then the median income has gone down. And so it's tracking the pent-up demand, and, and everyone was fighting for dental, let's just say dental laborers. We're all dental laborers. So everyone during COVID and post-COVID was fighting for dental laborers, whether that was hygienists, assistants, dentists. And so, right, supply and demand, we all learned that in our, in our 101 econ class in college. We know what happens when that. And so now the tides are shifting, right? Um, and unfortunately, there is a lag effect of this, right? Meaning we, you, you see the data, but I don't know, Trey, for example, you're hiring a new associate or interviewing associates constantly. Are they still stuck in? COVID era compensation. Well, were dentists ever were dentists ever stuck in COVID era oh, compensation? Yeah. Well, look, hygienists. Because I know hygienists were. were. Yeah, that, that's what I was about to say. I didn't see any change in dentist compensation of, of uh, in COVID area. COVID did not change the dentist compensation from what I saw. However, mm -hmm. it dramatically changed hygiene compensation. Oh, for sure, and yep. assistant compensation. Yeah, it did. Uh, although yeah. not as not as dramatic as hygiene from from what I saw, and but now we're starting to see the hiring pool open up dramatically from the standpoint of we're not. I don't feel crunched in any way at this point in time. Do you feel crunched, like you Peter, did in, for, in COVID? 
for hygiene? Post COVID. Yeah, for hygiene or no. for assistance? No. No. Okay, got it. None. Hey everybody, let's hang out in Scottsdale, Arizona. Join Pete and me at the 2024 Bulletproof Summit at the beautiful JW Marriott Camelback in Scottsdale. Immerse yourself in innovation and inspiration. Unite and strengthen your team and earn 16 CE credits. That's June 14th and 15th. Register at bulletproofsummit.com. We can't wait to connect with you and your entire team. See you soon, guys. All right, so let, look, let's talk about then. Like, data is fun, but like, what does this mean for our unique businesses? And I think that's where we need to look at it. So, how will this change? Will this data, how will this impact the way that you run your operations? Craig? Specifically, what? Expenditure spend, right? You, you, the stuff you just gave us, if I say, Craig, dental expenditures are trending down. Any change in your practice? Yes or no? I, yeah, I would. Uh, yes, there would okay. be. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what I think that, that well, I, I, I look at, you know, I've been in dentistry a really long time and we know. I saw the, um, I saw the referral network breakdown. I saw the referral to specialty. I saw the, uh, tr traditional narrow focus GP model breakdown. What started happening is when dentists became advertise, advertisers and tried to attract their own patients, the, the patient became a more precious commodity. And they were very careful about how to refer out this precious commodity. So they started offering more services under one roof and in, increasing their scope and aligning with specialty and multi-doctor multi, multi, multi uh, doctor practices. I see the same thing. So as dental expenditures go down, you can't afford to be picky about mm -hmm. doing the six out of 10 procedures that a patient needs. So if you are a doctor that prides themselves on a narrow focus, as dental expenditures go down, you're going to need to be able to do as much as possible. Your shelves need to be stocked with the top 10 things that every patient needs, and you won't be able to be a specialty shop. Look at Toys R Us. Toys R Us was the toy store. Mm -hmm. And now it's Amazon. So mm -hmm. Amazon, you can buy milk and you can buy ball bearings and uh, uh, gas, you know, uh, water pump. So I think that the days of being narrowly focused and niched are going to be very difficult. Um, and I think dental practices need to well, listen to that. Mainly because, Craig, it's not because of niching. It's because of convenience. Right. So Amazon wins because it's more convenient than driving to Toys R Us, parking your car, blah, blah, blah. Right. It wins because you can hit a button. And as we know hitting your thumb always wins, you know, when you're typing someone or texting someone or hitting a button or checking yes. out your thumb wins. So then if you're saying that it's the broader conversation of all the convenience. So those that can do online scheduling, online conversations, 100%. online payments, less friction. The line those, I always say, which is what reduce the friction, right? You, yeah. So you those that can do that, reducing the friction for the patient to say yes, you start winning more as much as you can. And, you know, yeah. And using so what, AI for that too, you know, P, uh, professor Galloway mentioned, I don't know, you guys ghosted me on that. Cause uh, you didn't want to give me any props, but uh, professor Galloway mentioned that he's coming to Florida and that he should have AI, an AI bot that should allow Spodak dental group to contact him knowing that he's coming to Florida. Like, no, like you booked a ticket, you should get your teeth cleaned. You should have, you know, Spodak should be contacting him. And those that, when that technology is actionable, that's going to be a big differentiator because it's frictionless. You know, you book oh. your flight to, to come to Florida, you know, you usually go to such and such a restaurant or such and such a dental practice. And it puts that together and says, do you want us to do that? Imagine that. I want to have a, I want to have a, a dental conference in tech only in tech and AI where you can like get exposed to all these ideas and think tanks because like your point about that that's that's just programmatically data right I think there could be opportunity I mean there's so many opportunities in that the diagnostics as we've been exposed to Pearl in our own practices diagnostics have gone way better um, you know so to to for dentists to get exposure to streamlining things in their practice right even the exposure of the patient management, even to switching to care stack, there's been so many advancements in the methodology of the way we do things. And it's saved hundreds and hundreds of hours of people's time, right? Like we have a thing, like our thing, just, and I won't go off on tangent, but like, imagine this for a second, all of our calls are listened to, summarized, transcribed, and put into the patient chart automatically. 
we used to have to we used to have to rely on people to remember to summarize things and put them in the chart. Right? Is that a, documentation. a function of CareStack in yes. and of itself, or is yes. it an add-on through a third party? No, that's it's integrated. <laughs> that's super cool. So you talk about saving thousands yeah. of hours a year for a practice my size, oh, and not not only that, but not forgetting stuff. Oh yeah, I need to go back at the end of the day and document that conversation I had with Miss Jones at nine a.m. What? All right, let's not. Let, I don't want to get stuck on that. But I think we. I think Bulletproof should have a second conference called like Dental Dental Tech and AI, and just. Well, invite. I'm, I'm going to volunteer you for our upcoming conference on June 14th and 15th in Scottsdale. You're going to have a summit breakout. If that's intriguing to anybody, comment to. below. If we get at least 15 people saying yes, then <laughs> yeah, right. Um, then you're get doing well. All seven of you to say yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hey, listen, the summit will sell out. Don't we had the, probably the two of us had on 500. This call. As a matter I, of fact, Craig, I think this summit, you should just stay up there because all I do is look at you when you talk about vision and kumbaya and, and you know, I can't do it. And, and so maybe I just, maybe we just high five and reconnect and disconnect. Okay. I'm we'll, kidding, agree, but. we'll agree to disagree. So, you'll, right. so basically what you're saying is main stage and uh, side stage. Side stage. Yeah. Craig, how do you feel about the side stage? I don't care. Okay. All right. With me. So guys, the next topic I want to talk about, which is very very big, in my opinion, um, very, very bullish for economic spend. We just talked about expenditures, Craig, but this bill, this next thing I'm about to show you could, could rocket the expenditures back up in dentistry. All right. And it is this. So there's a bill on the house, as you know, or hope you know, that there's something called bonus depreciation in the land of real estate and and 179s and all these things, right? Depreciation is how we think about buying something and then depreciating at year one. Um, these were set in, yeah, these were Trump tax discounts that were set in place and they were scheduled to slowly start going to back to zero, right? So in 2020, I think it was the last year of 100, wait, 2021 was the last year of 100%. And then 2022, it's 80% and then, and then 60%. I think I'm off by a year on that, but so last year was 60%. Then, then this year it's going down and down, right? I'm, I'm off on my, on my data. Cause I was <laughs> trying to do that in my head. Actually, I think 2024 is 60%. Well, yeah, so there's a bill. It's 60% this, this year, year. Correct. So last year 40%, was 80%. 2025. Yes. 2021 was the last year. Well, bonus math. depreciation. Yeah, so yeah. what does that mean? That means, you know, People buy less airplanes because people depreciate airplanes. They buy less equipment. They buy less things. Real estate isn't isn't as accelerated, and real estate is a big driver of our economy, as we know. Real estate because they can't they can't accelerate the depreciation of said asset. And so this bill is in the house right now. It actually, is out of the house. It passed the house forty to three in a vote. Which then I was asking you guys, does it then go to the Senate? Um, actually, it, I'm looking at here. So more than likely, this will pass. And if it does pass, what this means is also that it's going to go back to 2023, which had 80%. And it's going to retroactively activate that for 100%. Okay? So you would have a... Yeah, but it still has yet to be passed. It has yet to be passed. Uh, all the people I've spoken to agree... All the senators? <laughs> well, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> all the people who are in the business of of tax filings and people are in the know feel that this is right. a, is a, is probably going to happen, especially because we are in an election year, right? Where right. the current want administration the wants to get credit for this stimulus. Right. And this is a stimulus for, for make no bones about it. Right. When you have a stock market. Yeah. But look at all the spend that we have. Right. But I look, mean, stock market what a is an all time for... high. And then you're yeah. going to throw in a stimulus, right? And so a stimulus of a depreciation. So anyway, just just interesting. Um, you know, it, it, we were even talking about this, Craig, last night on our on our deal where we are involving a real estate deal where we are involving masterminders and stuff. You and I are you know involved in a real estate investment which we are sharing with other masterminders, and the depreciation plays a big role in how much your yield is for your investment right? Your cash on cash returns or, it, you know, because you get to write off more in the year and therefore your cash has more uh, applicability towards your deduction on your first year tax return. So this, this, this is a big deal. And um, so one of my predictions would be that, that if this passes, we will see that tick of that graph you just showed us, it will go back up into prosperity. 
Well, I hope so. On I mean, what, I know the spending? S&P specifically. Yeah, because because Trey, what I'm saying is is that there's a trickle down effect in the economy. You can't just sure. say, yeah, no, "Oh, dentistry is good right now, and medicine's not, mm-hmm. and real estate's good, and cars are not." Right? It's it's like when things are good, Disney World's busy, dentists were yeah. busy, right? I'm just saying that people feel emotionally rich. Um, Correct. Discretionary, discretionary spending, spending is going spending. up. <clears throat> and. By the way, I saw this weekend at that investor conference I went to in Houston, um, I saw that the S&P without the Magnificent Seven, I guess it's like Facebook, Google, Apple, I don't even know what mm-hmm. they are. But like the, the Magnificent Seven accounted for like 23% of the total S&P 500. So that means it's like an S&P Without those seven, seven, it would be flat. Yeah, so nine, So like what is that? I don't do math quick. I'm embarrassed the shit out of myself. But 78% of the S&P was made up of 493 stocks. The other 78% is 493. So it's like, we have a very weighted preference towards that Magnificent Seven. It's also like, it's really like a Magnificent Four because I think there's four stocks that actually make the biggest um, gains there. That's not, I mean, look, you hear the acronym FANG stocks, like F-A-A-N, you know, like that's that's been around for a long time. I mean, it's this, you know, monopoly or duopoly or what's the word for right. septopoly? <laughs> yeah, it's a septopoly, correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like that I like I like octopoly. octopoly. It's like I mean, a that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, octopuses, octopi. So yeah, magnificent. So it's basically many of the stocks in the S and P are actually average. Okay. But it's interesting to look at. All right, up. next um, next topic, and um, this will kind of roll in, and then. Trey, I want to ask you some things about kind of your expansion and, and associates and what you're needing right now. But I want to go over one more thing because I thought I, I, whenever I see something interesting, especially on Twitter or Facebook, I, I ping things to a board I have that's like, ooh, our podcast needs to talk about this. I think it's interesting. And uh, let me share the screen. It is, um, there's this guy that I follow. Um, I think his handle funny. Look at his handle, the at dental re guy so he's saying basically i'm the real estate dental guy i think he's new new to the scene have you oh, guys yeah, noticed that like i mean I, the he guy, was rec- quote unquote the the i'm the dso guy yeah the I'm, ac the guy repair guy handle, the strip yeah, mall, mall guy, guy is is funny that was like the trend um for a while but anyway yeah are you the guy for anything by no. the way no I'm I'm just okay. You could be the weed wall guy. Yeah, I'm not the guy. You have, for those that are watching, just, uh, he has a he has a wall of weeds. Oh, or the wall. These are plants. not weeds. I'm talking about. These, what are this they? Is my this is my marijuana wall. Not plural. Not weeds. It's a yeah. weed wall, yeah. not a weeds wall. <laughs> I said we will. Okay, keep going. But you're not the guy account. I figured you would have no, a guy account. No, but now you're now you're giving me a little bit of FOMO that I may have missed out on an opportunity. And so what what kind of guy would I have been? There'll be something new. Yeah, I don't know you what you choose one. You're running out of yeah. options, man. The legend legend and his legend and taken. his own mind guy. <laughs> That's <laughs> the, a good one. The, the nucleus, the nucleus of the guy. guy? <laughs> All right. So anyway, All right, go back here. This let, let's, guy let's his name Seamus. Um and, and so basically, obviously, he's studying real estate, but he's basically saying this trend with the large DSOs is that, I'll just read it for those people who are driving or listening as they're uh, exercising. The de novo model continues to gain momentum among DSOs, with Heartland leading the charge. Heartland Dental announced that they plan to relocate and build nearly 100 ground-up practices in 2024. I can imagine Ooh. the numerous smaller DSOs embracing this strategic approach. Are they embracing it or are they doing it because now they have to? So I want to hear what you guys have to say, but but for someone who is an active investor in all things dentistry and real estate, I constantly am on Crexy and LoopNet. Okay. Craig, you and I have gone through this exercise. We've looked at buying even some yeah. Aspens or Heartlands. What are the most valuable ones? The ones that are built, ground up, standalone, sitting there at a corner, right? The, yeah, aspens. the aspens. Those aspens sure. are usually. And so, I don't know. I'm going to let y'all and talk. And who can afford that. those? I'm just saying, like, go so, ahead, Trey. I was going to say, I, I heard the same thing not too long ago, and it's funny because it's been the topic of our leadership meetings quite a bit. Mm. 
because I am that smaller DSO that is now starting to embrace this whole thought process for the same reason that when you dig deeper into that, what's happening is if you buy a practice and then go and deploy your model, it is not as fast as you want it to be if you want to keep the people (laughs) happy and keep existing yeah. staff Wait, to stay. So when you do an acquisition, so to truly move basically quickly, what you're saying. When okay. you do an acquisition, so we all have a model. Heartland mm-hmm. has a model. And when an acquisition, when you buy acquisition, buy an, when you buy a practice, when you have an acquisition of an existing practice that has cash flow, which is the idea, it has a patient base, but it's operating on a different model. Coming in and overlaying your model onto theirs mm-hmm does not go over well with a lot of the team and the doc that you buy the practice from. So if your goal, which has been the goal for so many years, is to keep that team in place, that becomes harder because you disrupt everything and you then you discourage people yeah, from producing more. Is t- and then you tend to have a fall down on the job. super challenging from a culture standpoint, Very. from a methodology standpoint, from a clinical standpoint. And to your point, Dre, that the team is an asset that you are actually buying, no different than your patient base. So when there is attrition of your team, in addition to your patient base, right, that is a wild card that sometimes is, is, uh, is a risk. And I can tell you as someone who's done an acquisition that then had all those things happened, I have regret with that, with that acquisition. So the certainty, I always tell people, people come to me a lot for, for whatever reason, and they ask me, hey, should I do a startup or acquisition? I'm like, hmm, not enough data for that one, but sure, let me go into this. I always contend that if you love your culture, love, you know, you have a flagship, love what you've created, you feel very strong in your systems and your operations, and you do not need cash flow right out the gate. And do a startup. When I say you do not need cash flow right out of the gate, meaning that that business one, practice one, or your lifestyle one, has enough bandwidth where you can go into the down phase. You don't. So in acquisition, you're buying cash flow. That's actually what you're paying for. You're buying a multiple on return, whatever that looks like for you. For some, it's four. For some, it's ten. And those that's the X on EBITDA. Okay. What are you saying, Craig? Hey, everybody. Registration is now open for our seventh annual summit. Is that right, Peter? Our seventh? Seventh. That's crazy. So this time at the beautiful JW Marriott Camelback at Scottsdale, Arizona, you can immerse yourself in innovation, inspiration, unite your team, which is most important, and at the same time, earn 16 CE credits. Renew your practice, transform your life, June 14th and 15th. Registration's now open. Don't delay. These things always sell out. This one will as well. Go to bulletproofsummit.com two days that will redefine your practice life. We guarantee it. No, nothing. Oh. It's just cracking my neck. So I, have, I have a lot to say. I agree that's with- the advice I give people when they give me no data. It's like, well, I don't know, but like, here's, here's what I do. So, so my model was predicated on de novos, um, right? And, and a couple acquisitions. One acquisition was great. One was, mm, eh. it's all right. You know, in hindsight, if you gave me the opportunity, looking back, would I have done it? I don't think so. I don't think so, but you, but you learn from a lot, a lot from that. Um, right. And, and I'm able to sit here with kind of two data points that says like, I'm not saying never again. I'm just saying, Hey, I got some, I, you know, I, I had to chew some glass on this one and I, I won't chew glass again in the same context. Whatever happened, Peter, with that acquisition you were talking about, that rural acquisition that you took us yep, to the yep. metrics Actually, the podcast. Um, so ironically, like, is it going it's, or did it it's about go? to close next week. And so the, the delay okay. has been on my part because of <laughs> uh, funding because I didn't have 2022 taxes yet. It's a whole cluster, right? I had some, I've had some tax Got it, but it's going lately. forward. But anyway, um, it's more like a sale lease back the way I look at that one. Like you're leaving correct. everything intact. Right. All I yeah, can do so is that's mess a different it up, type of thing. Right. I mean, I want to, right. I want to go in when, when the practice doesn't have a website, right. That's a great way of saying, Hey, Hey, we're going to put in some technology. There's some upside to this, but I do not want to go in and be like, okay, everyone's salaries are changing. Your hours are changing. Here's our new fee schedule. Here's the new software. I'm the boss now. Right. Like that's the last thing you want to do. As a matter of fact, I actually talked to, um, 
You know him. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? President for MB2. Oh, Villain, uh, not Villanova. Hmm? Justin. The other guy. Justin, yeah. Justin. And, and he and I had a great, he's an awesome dude, by the way. Um, had a great conversation. He's like, look, the last thing, you know, I don't know where this conversation stemmed from, but it was basically like, you know, what we do is we, we, we do the acquisition and then we don't do anything for like six months, right? Because we want everyone to just settle down, right? Because emotions are high and just settle in. And then we make small little micro changes, changes that will benefit the practice, us, and the patient base um, and the employees, right? And so I just thought that was great to kind of titrate into an acquisition. So let's go back to the tweet and I'll shut up and I want to hear you guys. So go back to the tweet just okay. for one second, <clears throat> if you don't mind. So like, let, let's kind of dissect this out from a specific vantage point of Heartland. And I've got nothing bad to say about Heartland, um, but I just want to point out the obvious. I, as a dentist, like you, the rest of these listeners, I get a mailing once every so often, once a quarter, once every six months, whatever it is, uh, where it's that picture. And I don't know if this is still applicable, but I, I think I, I think I can remember getting it in the last six months where it's like a dentist, he looks to be about my age, 55 or so, and half of his body's covered in scrubs and half right. of him is fishing. <laughs> And the, the marketing strategy goes something along the lines of, are you sick and tired of being a dentist? Would you like to spend more time fishing and, and you know, being on the lake? Well, call us. So your marketing message is, are you checking out? Okay. Are you wanting to leave your practice? Well, I want to buy, we want to buy your practice. So it's no wonder when we're now off the era of zero interest rates and you can't just borrow money for less, less and less. You actually have to focus on same pause, store sales growth. Just for a sec. Let me stop you. Okay. Just say, have you ever pivoted your business model? Meaning, have you ever been like, huh, this isn't working. Let's change something up. Because we see that we see lead yeah, indications yeah, of what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm pointing to. I'm saying that what they were doing is not working. Well, it worked. It works it when you can borrow for money for the time period it was in, meaning they had massive aggregation. Right. But it, it correct. Right. right. Well, and then but, what do you run into? You run into, and let's use Craig's practice as an example. Craig sells his practice to Heartland. Craig's a dentist in there and mega producer. Mm -hmm. He wants to fish. Craig stays on for three, four, five years, whatever, and then he's out. Right. Who takes Craig's place yeah. to run that practice? The, the point I was trying to make, when you're borrowing money at zero, oh. it's a solvable equation. When you have an interest rate that comes into play now of 9%, the equation, equation well, of mathematics no longer but work. I hear you. And, and well, whatever I'm saying, I'm just saying that, that, that they have to do this. And we always heard from friends that we've worked with, you know, and I think it was Sulman Ahmed, who's, you know, the president of the ADSO, who said to us, and I, I think I'm giving him credit for this correctly, whoever wins the de novo model wins the DSO game. If you can, rep, if you can I, I replicate a good de novo, you, you win. It's because yeah. they needed to get to critical mass. What's the easiest way to get to critical mass and critical revenue, right? As an aggregate revenue, you buy it. Now you're megaphone and now you're the biggest leader in the space. Now you say, hmm, we have a lot of inbound people wanting to work for us. We no longer need to do acquisitions. We have plenty of cash flow. We can acquire cheap money. And if you look at how they're making an arbitrage on their real estate, when you go online to the Crexies of the world, they're actually making money on building these standalone de, de novos, putting in a 20-year lease, and then selling it for, for probably two to three times the cost of construction immediately yeah it makes no sense for them to hold the real estate by the way and when you and i originally wanted to do these deals the, the cap rates are so suppressed because you know having a blue chip like an aspen or whatever as a, as suppressed a, a secure low, tenant right. the, the yeah. cap rates are, yeah yeah five percent return on your money cash on cash Right, and an interest rate of seven means you're negative two on the investment. Yes, as as just quick math or basic math. But the point I'm trying to make is that they can sell at a premium those those Aspen dental locations. People are willing to buy them because it's not Correct. Peter Bolden's dental it's corporately practice. It's guaranteed. Aspen's. It's a more secure tenant. Yeah, yeah. So what a great so, model! What a great model! So here's a question. So all of those things, what I described, Craig, what you're describing, these are all things that do cause a pivot. However, in this case. Um, and whether this is 
a pivot or whether this is baked into the overall strategy of how it is, which is kind of how a lot of business goes anyway. What do you think? Do you do it? Pete, are you Dude. going back to a DSO? I mean, a startup. Ask it mentality? again. I'm sorry. I didn't see the question. Was... Are you, so do you, point do you blank. agree with are this? You go are you going to go back to doing startups? Their method here? No. Are you going to do it? <laughs> I, okay. Fair question. Um, no, I'm personally not. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but I feel like I've saturated in my market, right? I've had five locations in a metro area. I feel like I've saturated my business model, fee for service, right? So I don't want to, I don't want my partners and I don't want to expand on that thing. I am doing a ground up though. I actually will say that I am doing a ground up construction tray, um, breaking ground here in 30 days in a rural market. It's an 8,400 square foot building. Half of it will be ortho, half of it is general dentistry. And it is predicated on massive traffic counts, right? Very similar to that of what we're probably talking about when Craig, you were saying Aspen and, and stuff like that. We've all seen them as we drive by. So, um, and and let me put one more pin in that, Dre. If I were to do an acquisition, which is more than likely, the ones I would do would look very similar to the ones I would build. Exposure wise. So, so I guess, essence, I guess I, you're yeah, going to keep I doing I a hybrid this. model. So, yes, I am doing this. I guess then you're right. I, I do agree with it. You'll still have an acquisition, which funds mm -hmm. some of the de novos. The de novos come online down the road because you can survive the down period. But in the end, the one that wins is the startup. <laughs> Injected culture from the beginning. You have built in real estate, yeah. which now you get all the bennies of that culture from day one, designed from day one, you have nothing that you have to hammer a square peg into a round hole. It's, it's I a agree. smart move. I agree. Really it's in a, the scheme it's of a things. very dominant move, right? It's, you can't hurt us now kind of move. If I can go anywhere, I'm hard to mm. compete with. That's why the Greg, what you alluded to with Solman saying that whoever wins Did the startup that, game Craig? wins the whole DSO that. space. I believe he did. He oh, yeah, said a lot of smart, smart things at the time that we were talking frequently. Oh, yeah, if you don't <laughs> remember, I, make it a Craig Spodak. I'm sorry? I heard Craig Spodak, how, I heard Craig Spodak one time say that whoever whoever wins the yeah, startup game. Yeah, you know what, game, Solman, I'm taking that away from you. I said take, that. Take yeah, the credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the new president of the ADSO but with my one location. So, and I have, a, I have a couple brands. They're very specific, and they're very tied with a very good, a very specific feel. They have a niche. I can go into a practice and tell you of my brands, which one that, if it's an acquisition, mm -hmm. which one that's going to be. And when you start to, one thing that I've always thought of from the beginning was how do I differentiate myself in line in a strip center, which a lot of people have succeeded in. I never, I have never chosen to do that for other reasons. But if I chose to go down that path and I felt like I had that model, mm -hmm. look at Ideal Dental, I, among many others. Once you can go into any strip center at any given time, those right. go up everywhere, all over every metropolitan area, every suburban area. They're in rural areas now. You you do win the and game. And you know what? You can go anywhere what's you want. appealing to that? I mean, if that is the model of which you think you can win in, is that your um, your capital improvements they will pay for. Why am I drawing a blank on this? Um, thank you. Thank you. TI, the TI. improvements that they will give you because you're going to be signing a long-term lease. They're saying, Hey, we'll give you whatever you want to build. We'll build it for you. Right. Because they know it's very sticky and that they, once they get a dentist in there, it's holy shit. I can remarket this. Once I get this dentist in here, I can remarket this new market and make an arbitrage of my money. So all that Hartland's doing in this scenario is saying, Hey, we've got some good data points of saying we can sell these buildings at a 5.3 cap, which from a seller's perspective, you love to hear that. You want to sell it at 5.3, right? The higher the capitalization rate, the yeah. better it is for the buyer. So they have a data point that says, hey, we can double the cost of, we, we buy a building, we can build a building for a million bucks, we can sell it for two. Now we just made a million bucks, we can throw into our capital account to keep expanding and right, the snowball keeps getting bigger and bigger, right? Their velocity gets bigger and bigger, and they can use real estate as a way to fund because they're in the business of dental operations, not dental real estate. And so all this to say, I think we can learn a lot from 
Um, I think you can learn a lot from trends, especially where they have, they have data scientists. I'm sure Heartland has data scientists that say, hey, here's where the market's going, right? Um, so if you're listening to this and you're in, in, my brain's going all over the place right now for some reason, but I'm thinking about like, what happens to the dentist who's tucked away in the high rise with three operatories? What happens to the, you know, the, I don't know. I'm just thinking about all these things. So what are you shaking your head for Craig? No, I just, I, uh, uh, how tough that would be, you know what so I what's mean? So what's the I'm antidote? Just, instead of being like, to... Oh, that's tough, <clears throat> tough for them. Like what would be the antidote for that? A merge, an acquisition, a, a, you know, a move? It's, <clears throat> I just think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's going to really segment mm-hmm. out the profession. You know, there's going to be, um, those that are entrepreneurial and those that can expand and those that'll just do well with the mm-hmm. time that they have. And, you know, it, it's, it's very, it's, it's very dependent on what you wish to create. The last thing I want to do is, is ever tell someone they should spend more emotion and more time to pursue more money. You know, it's, it's a balance of what you want to create. But if you are an entrepreneurial person or you wish to free yourself from the clinical dentistry and you're in that three operatory practice in the high rise, it, that's mm-hmm. going to be very difficult. So what I was doing is if I, you know, if I want to be just be just rewind a second, I said, I said it's very difficult because for me and what I want to create, I would not want to be right. in that situation. I pride myself on having a business that can run without me. But it, listen, sure. it took me a long time to get there. <clears throat> but at 52 years old, if I don't want to show up tomorrow, I don't want to have to show up tomorrow. That's what I wanted. And that may not be right for other people listening to this. Yeah, and that's a very good point because I think people get caught up in what everyone else is doing. And dentistry, although you hear all the all the doom and gloom of we're consolidating and this is what's happening, you've been one step away from never being able to compete mm. for two decades. It's this is still a, an industry based on relationships. You can still survive. Things may change, but you, you're not done. And that three-op practice in the high-rise is still going to be there. It may just do a little bit less if you chose to do it. What's important is that you do what you want to do. You pursue what's important for you. Yeah. Absolutely. I did a podcast yeah, on a dental, um, dental student podcast recently, and – you know, and they were kind of saying like, here's the sentiment that's coming our way. And it was like the same shit we all heard when we were in dental school. It's like, oh, too bad you guys missed the golden era of dentistry. I'm like, you know, no I, way. I was like, you guys know they were saying that. this shit to me when I got out of school and guess how much golden era there's been. Right? Yeah. I was like, so don't listen to the, don't listen to the, these talking heads. I was like, people don't want you to succeed potentially because it could expose them. And well, I was like dentistry is going to be golden. Well, listen, there is some, time. there's some, don't panic. There is some truth though, Peter. There is some truth. You know, when my father graduated dental school, there was no marketing skill you needed to learn. You know, there was no technology that was disruptive. A dentist was fairly standardized across all experiences. Totally. You know, maybe you fact, liked sorry one better you, than the other. Advertising was forbidden. I got called up to the No, I know, I know. Because of But it. let's <clears throat> I know I was I, I was the first guy to have a web. I got a whole bunch of evil looks from a lot of the older guys here in Delray. But, but what I'm trying to say is that if you, in 1985 or 1990, Dr. Jones and Dr. Smith in the same metro, one didn't have a laser and one didn't have a CEREC or a cone beam. They just had a place to sit and a place to spit. And maybe Becky, the hygienist, was a little nicer, but the the ability for a patient mm-hmm. to discern the differences between their dentist was really relied upon personality. So for those that say the golden age is, is, is gone, in some ways it's a fair thing because all you had to be was nice and good. And now you could be nice and good and still fail, and that sucks. You could be, so, so there's where the DSOs take up the space. You know, you mentioned Ideal Dental amazing look and feel you know another credit to sulman yeah, right. we should call you this sulman this Craig, podcast, Craig giving all, like, sulman all the props <laughs> no well he but you know listen give credit where credit's due ideal dental looks good tech friendly clean they may not be clinically better than dr jones but patients are going to perceive them as a higher value proposition than dr jones because let's face it patients can't discern quality 
So the inferred references of quality are all hitting for Ideal Dental and not for Dr. Jones. It's just the average dentist down the street that has excellent hands. And like everything else, I mean, um, it's just, it is different. And it's good for us because we are entrepreneurs and we are seeing this and, and pivoting with it. But for those that are just wanted to be a dentist, like the same way Kirby from the Elf Show wanted to be a dentist back in the Claymation mm-hmm. series in Christmas, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Where Kur- Kirby the Elf, he, Kirby's going to yeah. have a hard time right now, <laughs> you know, just to be the dentist. And, you know, we meet dentists and they're risk averse and they are debt averse and they don't want to put themselves out there. They're sometimes introverts. Those guys and girls are going to have a hard time to the ones that want to jump around on Instagram let's, and do TikToks um, and promote themselves. Let's. That- hey, everybody. You know dentistry is a team sport. We all learn individually in silos. The doctors go to their CE. The assistants go to some other thing. The office managers go to somewhere else and hygienists, etc. This is a great opportunity for everybody to learn at the same time and be on the same page so that you don't leave with a bunch of useless knowledge. You actually learn to implement the stuff you learned. So join us June 14th and 15th at the beautiful JW Marriott Camelback Resort in Scottsdale, Arizona. Go to bulletproofsummit.com and register you and your entire team. You will not be disappointed that you did so. See you soon, guys. That was it. I'm sorry no, to be. I'm sorry to end on I mean, a sobering comment, I think, but I think it's good. I think this this potentially could could encourage more open handed mergers of dentists, right? Or someone who's feeling vulnerable to kind of maybe come together and hold hands. This could also encourage more A players to hitch their wagon to someone like Trey and saying, "Hey, give me give me this next building that you want to do." And and right and like from a merit perspective, you will reward me based on how well I can do in in said location. Right? Getting, I think it'll encourage a lot more community at the same time. Right? Trey, are you hiring right now? Hiring dentists. I'm hiring right now. Hiring, I'm hiring dentists. Two dentists. Spots. I'm hiring dentists. I have two locations I'm hiring dentists for. One being my Brenham location, which is uh, about an hour west of Houston. So anybody interested, give me a call. The other one's in Livingston, which is an hour north of Houston, which is actually both are phenomenal places to live. Livingston has a beautiful are they lake both up there, but uh, from the city. Those are two two practices. They are so. Right. awesome opportunity in both cases to live in the burbs and commute to the rural if you don't want to live out there. But even those cities are great too. I just uh, want to live in the rural in. these days. But, <laughs> yeah, no, me too, yeah, me buddy. too. Oh, no. so, you're so you're maybe preaching Peter to the choir. I, maybe you have your, uh, your, hey, you want a job? Matt, I got, go, I got two spots. Problem. That's the problem. So that's yeah. my problem. I pitched uh, that, her on a few, that's uh, the reason why I, I like it. some crumbs her way saying, Hey, but if you did this, we can buy a helicopter. I thought I had her. Yeah. Yeah, I got same, shot down same. quick. Um, so are they available right now, these opportunities? Or these I have both available right now. Well, Sweet. I say one's, one's available in a month. The other's available right now. One is a purchase I just made. Livingston is a purchase I just made. I need someone in there. Um, we have deni- one dentist in there. Uh, I say one and a half dentist in there. I need to have somebody come in that wants to take over that practice. And then uh, Brenham is. Is there an equity a, uh, opportunity? Is mm, there a future partnership question. opportunity? Oh, that's a that's, that's, that's a tough yes. question. I don't uh, know. Let's say have, let's say I'm an entrepreneurial yes. dentist, and the answer is yes. The is always yeah. yes. Cool. I'm open and amenable to virtually everything. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Okay. The only way you're yet. flexible. You're I'm you're, flexible. Equ- I'm, you're equity curious. I'm I'm ruggedly flexible. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Okay. I'm non-binary in acquis- in partnership ex- models here. Hey, okay, and by the way, it. I got appreciate Congratulations. That. Your first partnership was just consummated. I know. Oh, I know. congrats. Yeah, Dr. Tiffany that. Dudley. We dated for she worked in this practice for 15 years and we moved it to a marriage. And I told my team, don't worry. It's even though it's a marriage, it's going to be like many marriages in America without any romance. So there's no need to feel uncomfortable about our it's new. It's going to be a sexless marriage, Greg. <laughs> yeah, I thought that like those the are overall. real positive. <laughs> I did say that literally to the team. I said we are bringing our relationship to a marriage, funny. but don't be concerned. That's fun.
It'd be like Start most marriages now. in America. That's yes, funny. exactly. She uh, she's wonderful. wonderful. And from the day she got here, she's always been acting like an owner. She's a boss. And she compliments, you know, that's that yin and yang. I think a lot of people get tripped up because they want to find someone exactly like them. But the strength comes in finding the opposing strength to your strengths. And she's got them. So I'm I will excited. say this. I, when, I don't know, two years ago when we really started talking down the path of partnerships together, I was always adamantly opposed to partnerships. Um, and I have multiple now. And I have very much changed my tune on that. It is yeah, a, me too. If you choose 100%. the right partner, it is a very beneficial thing to do. You choose the wrong partner, it's a terrible thing to do because it is, in fact, the sexless, sexless marriage. But it that's hard to beat. You can go so much farther. Well, it's a different. Can when I you say have people lined up as as being the. Uh, oh, I knew the humble the flex is coming. Introduce the humble as being as the, the giant in the room. As the giant in the room with thirty being the one guy who's done it. Let me lot. tell you. And and so Trey, I've just I'm farther <laughs> along in the path because I saw the value of that early on. And I do agree with you, the diligence you have to do in order to vet the partner. And it's not just jump through this clinical hoop and jump through this and this. It's do I even like you? Do we agree with this? And and where I was going with that is that so many people get stuck on the equity thing, Trey. And maybe you're like most dentists. And then they think partnership means 50-50 partner. I don't want that. Like if you just say partnership to the average dentist who's 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 down the street, right? And you say you should get a partner. What do they immediately go? What is our what is our industry immediately? Yeah, I don't want to divide up to my equity. 50-50. 50-50. Well, it's not even 50-50, the number. It's why would I want to give quote, away, give away yeah. my cupcake? So let's just take the 50-50 out of it. 5, 10, 15, 30, 80%. Why would I want to give away when I work so hard? They don't realize, no, you're actually the three of us would not want to work as hard as we as we do if we didn't have an incentivization program for the performance that we bring because as an associate you're paid for the dentistry but let's face it a lot of associates that are really great out there are adding organizational value to the practice as well they're 100%. marketing for the practice they're leading the team so listen if you just want to drill and get the hell out at 459 every day you're well, probably not a you partner may live in the median but if you want to do those three things right Right. But if you want to do those three things, be an exceptional dentist, grow the practice beyond your handpiece and lead the team, you're adding organizational value. You should want a piece of equity. Average input. That's strategic value. Output. And strategic value is incredibly valuable. Yeah. Right. That's good. Well, that's so, a great opportunity for, for those of you who awesome. are in earshot of hearing that for Trey. That's a great opportunity. Uh, Trey, I would have loved to found you post dental school and hitch my wagon to you for sure. Yeah, I would have too. Um, I would have. Yeah, we're doing. I'll still, uh, hitch, this, I'll still this hitch my wagon to you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'll drive. All right, guys. I don't have anything else on. I bet you. We're doing our first. Do you guys have anything else Same. to wrap on? No, but Peter, I do want to add up all the partnerships I have outside of dentistry, and I think I might be able to go toe to toe mm. with you. So stay tuned as, for as the Republican candidate says. Humble flex. That's fake news. <clears throat> right. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> as the top independent news uh, candidate says. I wouldn't take that shot if I were you. Right. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we got that. I didn't know what to say. Right, anyway, guys. good talking to you guys. Yeah. See you. See you guys. See ya.